1: The world on
2: edge. Russia's actions stand in direct opposition to the democratic principles that generations of Canadians have fought to protect.
1: Widespread condemnation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Trapped in the conflict.
3: Slower,
4: slower, slower.
1: Canadians worry about loved ones in the line of fire and refusing to pay. At the end of the day, uh, when you go to renew your ICBC insurance, uh, you have to pay the fine. How many COVID fines are being ignored, and why some violators are already forgiven?
5: You're watching Global BC. This is Global Hour at 6. Good
1: evening, and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. It's a move that's being called the biggest threat to European peace. Since the Second World War, Russian military forces have launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The invasion follows a major buildup of Russian military forces along the Ukrainian border to the north, east, and south. The first wave of the attack has largely targeted airfields and military installations, but it's believed Russian forces will move to capture the capital, Kiev, and other cities in the coming days. Ted Chernecki has the latest, including worldwide condemnation of the Russian aggression
5: 4 a.m. Ukrainian time under the cover of darkness Russian troops cross the border from the south east and north the invasion is pursued by long-range artillery and missile attacks against key military targets in Ukraine (laughs) minutes before the bombardment begins Russian president Putin warns any threats against Russian people will lead to quote such consequences that you have never experienced in your history, unquote.
6: This is a deliberate, cold-blooded, and long-planned invasion.
7: And at the very moment that the United Nations Security Council was meeting to stand up for U- Ukraine sovereignty, to stave off invasion, Putin declared his war. Within moments, moments, missile strikes began to fall on historic cities across
5: Ukraine. <laughs> Long convoys of Russian military equipment continue to pour into Ukraine, many believed headed for Kiev, the capital. Military strategists liken the invasion to Nazi Germany using forest roads to invade Poland and France, but one of the less traveled roads in this case is through Chernobyl.
8: So for the first time since Chernobyl nuclear disaster, after which... Ukraine has been protected together with our European and American friends and allies all the world from another nuclear disaster. We have to defend it again from the Russian forces.
5: Condemnation from world leaders is swift. Our mission is clear. Diplomatically, politically, economically, and
4: eventually, militarily. This hideous and barbaric venture of Vladimir Putin must end in failure. The key thing on sanctions
2: has been uh, to come forward in a coordinated way uh, with all our allies. And that is the unity that is uh, most damaging.
5: U.S. President Biden repeated American troops will not go into Ukraine, hoping instead sanctions will work long term.
7: The United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. Yes!
5: In Moscow itself, large anti-war protests erupt, resulting in more than a thousand arrests.
4: Putin!
5: Meanwhile, in Ukraine, the long lineups begin for those wanting to flee to safety. Ted Schiner, Global News.
1: Well, as you heard, many countries, including Canada, are instituting sanctions to punish Russia. Global's Reggie Cicchini joins us live from Washington, D.C. to talk more about that. Reggie, U.S. President Biden announced additional sanctions, but they won't be immediate. So is it really going to work as a deterrent?
9: Well, look, Chris, uh, the White House, and the Biden administration says that these sanctions are intended to apply pressure on the Kremlin and show Russian President Vladimir Putin that there are consequences for his actions. But you're right. It's unclear if these are going to have an immediate impact. Russia has hundreds of billions of dollars in its financial reserve. And because of that, uh, freezing it out from Western financial markets may not have the immediate economic impact that the Biden administration is looking for. The White House simply saying that this is an opportunity to show that when a threat Threat is made against Russia, that it is going to be carried out and it will ultimately be up to President Putin as to how much cost he is willing to bear. That said, cutting it off from the Western uh, technology market could make it more difficult to keep his military moving forward, especially if they are needing uh, new heavy infantry, uh, heavy artillery or things like lasers or, uh, lasers or semiconductor chips. But again, it is still too early to see whether or not this is going to make any difference.
1: And what is Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky doing to prepare his military for war? And what kind of help, if any, can they expect from the
9: United States? Well, look, Zelensky has said uh, that he would use the military reserves at first. He has now mobilized the entire army across Ukraine. Anybody uh, male aged 18 to 60 is now forbidden from leaving the country. This is essentially going to bolster up uh, Ukraine's defense. Uh, Zelensky also asking why nobody is coming into his country to assist him. But that is simply because Ukraine is not a NATO ally. So none of these uh, NATO uh, countries are going to put boots on the ground. As you heard uh, just moments ago, President Biden said there will be no American troops walking into Towards Ukraine. But he is expected to bolster NATO's defense at the eastern flank. Uh, NATO's uh, defense reserve has been uh, activated here. That is going to allow for military commanders to mo- uh, to kind of move the troops around throughout Europe, not so much to create any kind of conflict, but to avoid one because of the security threat that sits at NATO's border right now, Chris. So much will unfold over the coming
1: days and weeks here. Reggie, thanks very much uh, for your report from Washington, D.C. tonight. That's Reggie Cicchini in Washington. So many people here are impacted, too. Members of B.C.'s Ukrainian diaspora are reacting to the Russian invasion with fear, anger and defiance. As Paul Johnson reports, Ukrainian Canadians are now planning rallies in opposition to the attack while reaching out to friends and family in Ukraine, hoping and praying they're able to stay safe.
6: Ritchie. Slava!
10: Slava! Slava!
11: Ritchie. Slava!
10: In case you were wondering how many close ties there are between B.C. and Ukraine, a few minutes at Thursday's rally in Vancouver answered that question.
0: I have my family there, and um, it's terrible there, so we are trying to support them as much as we can. We cannot contain our
12: pain. We cannot contain our anger. We cannot contain our frustration.
10: Many came to this rally after a sleepless night. On the phone and online with family in Ukraine, who told them of the explosions from airstrikes that woke them up around 5 a.m. and the columns of Russian tanks that showed up near their homes shortly after. While practically no one in B.C.'s Ukrainian community was expecting Putin to back down, many tell us they're shocked by the scale of the attack that has happened. Instead of a push into the eastern regions with large Russian populations, what is taking place is the largest military invasion in Europe since World War II.
13: I was driving home. As I'm driving home, I get a message from my sons about bombing having begun.
10: Miroslav Petri had just come from a pro-Ukraine rally. He's been warning of Russian aggression for weeks.
13: Well, there's a lot in the, in the Ukrainian community here that have very close relatives. We're talking, you know, parents, grandparents, uh, brothers, and sisters in Ukraine. Uh, they're shaken. There's no doubt about that. That they're shaken.
10: Petri says in the coming days and weeks, Canadians who want to help can connect with Ukrainian groups trying to gather medical supplies and resources to help the wounded and could do their part to ensure Ottawa responds with effective sanctions and meaningful support with defensive weapons. I was, I Petri thinks like Putin's strategy was to jolt the world with a shock and awe attack that so far has worked.
0: People were caught off guard, basically, and uh, I feel like I'm living in a... I'm in I'm, I'm nightmare. so...
10: In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: And a little bit later, how Russians are reacting to what's going on over there. That's just a little bit later in the news hour. Right now, though, we'll turn to COVID-19 and a look at the latest data. Hospital numbers are down again, which is good news. We have 612 people in hospital. 102 of those patients are in the ICU. There have been nine more deaths from complications of the virus, and we've recorded 597 additional cases of COVID-19. Thousands of fines have been handed out during the pandemic to those who refuse to follow the provincial health orders You might be wondering how many of those have actually been paid. Richard Zussman has the numbers
13: It was tough talk back in May during a tough COVID time It is frustrating for all of us that there are some people who think the rules don't apply to them Well, they do But nine months later, it seems many still don't see the rules applying to them. 2,724 COVID-19-related tickets were issued for things like not wearing a mask or breaking previous social or event gathering rules administered on the province's request by ICBC. Of those, just 736 have been paid. At the end of the day, uh, when you go to renew your ICBC insurance, uh, you have to pay the fine. Uh, And so those tickets uh, will be paid. COVID-19 tickets have proven hard to enforce. The one tool that license renewal the government has at its disposal doesn't work for everyone.
0: The need to pay the fine essentially follows along with somebody's need to have a license. So the government has never had a good system to collect outstanding provincial fines.
13: But there were also a growing number of files falling to the wayside. There are 417 of those tickets currently in dispute. 390 have been cancelled, withdrawn, or the individual has been found not guilty. And that number could grow, as the court could toss fines no longer deemed in the public interest.
0: As we see restrictions on gatherings and events and parties and nightclubs and dancing and businesses be lifted, there isn't a message that needs to be sent to the public by imposing the fines. The
14: ticket's going to the
13: uh, riverside Calvary Chapel. As part of all this, Crown prosecutors recently stayed 25 tickets, totaling nearly $59,000, issued to four churches in B.C. accused of breaking COVID rules.
2: Government officials at all levels need to be more cautious about issuing orders that violate fundamental freedoms of Canadians and then also issuing
13: tickets. <laughs> the legal question of whether the orders and tickets breach fundamental freedoms has still not been determined. The BC Court of Appeal will hear this issue in March, and if the court agrees the orders were a breach of rights, then even more COVID fines will be dropped. Richard Lusman Global News, Victoria.
1: Well, the numbers show we're in a much different place in the pandemic than we were even just a short time ago. Since the beginning of the month, all indications are that BC is heading in the right direction. And with more on that, Keith Baldry joins us live from Victoria with some new data. Keith, what does it show us?
6: You know, Chris, at the end of each week or near the the later half of the week, I like to show people again where we're at with COVID-19 in terms of trends. It's important to look at seven-day averages of the key health indicators, and things are looking pretty good with the exception of one indicator. Here's a look at the hospitalizations and other indicators. Hospitalizations now on a daily basis, seven-day rolling average, are down significantly where we were February 1st. Daily ICU average is down as well. Um, perhaps more indicative, the positivity rate has been cut in half in just uh, since the beginning of the month. That's very good news. Unfortunately, the daily death number continues to be roughly the same. Nine people uh, a day dying to, on average today. It was ten on February first. Now, by and large, most of the deaths right now are uh, and consistently have been over, people over the age of eighty. I uh, do note that Dr. Bonnie Henry uh, this week did point out that four people in their forties passed away either with COVID nineteen or from COVID. 19, I think a number of them were unvaccinated. Again, underscores the uh, the importance of being vaccinated. But again, the numbers are pointing the right way right now, and that's very encouraging. The next update we get from Dr. Bonnie Henry in terms of the vaccine uh, passport is in mid-March, and right now things are looking very positive.
1: All right, good to hear. Thanks very much for the update, Keith. All right. Well, today is the first day of Variety's Show of Hearts, and that's why you're seeing donor names and their contributions scroll across the bottom of your screen. Over the next few days. Everyone here at Global is giving you the opportunity to meet some of the kids that Variety has helped thanks to your donations. And you have a chance to give today so that a child might have a better tomorrow. All you have to do is call 310-KIDS. And during the news hour, Townline Homes will be matching donations up to $100,000. So you can double your impact and donate now. And we'll meet little Bella a little bit later on and get an update on her. Right now, though, municipal elections aren't until October, but one race is already heating up. Embattled Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum's campaign kicks off with a flyer that some say doesn't tell the whole story. That's next on the NewsHour. More coverage of the invasion of Ukraine and how Russians feel about the aggression from their leader coming up. And what you should know about those rapid test kits before you open the package. A warning from health officials coming up as well right now though the mayor of surrey might be facing charges of public mischief but that isn't stopping him from kicking off his campaign for re-election a glossy brochure is showing up in surrey mailboxes and it shows doug mccallum and his safe surrey coalition inside is touting accomplishments including some which other administrations started katherine urquhart has the story
6: The
15: colourful election-style brochures are landing in mailboxes around Surrey. Mayor Doug McCallum and his Safe Surrey Coalition already touting their accomplishments eight months before the next election.
10: He hasn't done a good job,
11: so he should really reconsider his plans. I want him to continue his uh, uh,
15: mayorship here in Surrey. Among the highlighted accomplishments, an independent police service SkyTrain Extension project and surrey biofuel facility the biofuel facility that they tout in there started by mayor then mayor hepner and her team the uh ubc campus was actually started by mayor diane watts and her team skytrain is still notional funding and it is not even past treasury yet so none of those three are true of course the brochure no mention of the criminal charge facing doug mccallum He was charged with public mischief after claiming he was struck by a car driven by a woman collecting signatures for the Surrey police vote. As she she
13: pulled out and and turned right, she clipped my knee and and my bottom leg and then ran over my foot at the same time.
15: The outcome of that charge is likely critical in the next mayoral race.
13: Obviously, if he is
7: found guilty of, of the charges before Ah, uh, the vote happens. I think that that seals his fate. I think he'll have to withdraw from the race at that point. Um, but if he, if the charges are dismissed or he's acquitted, um, then I think he he does have a, a a fighting chance here.
15: One challenger is Brenda Locke, Linda Annis, and Sue Dollywell both say they're still undecided. Doug McCallum running to be mayor again, at least for now. Catherine Urquhart, Global News
1: just ahead a victim blindsided by a scam
15: i felt so used i felt humiliated
1: how they reached her through her own computer and why she's speaking out now and from doodling to disney the bc artist making a name for himself in the movie business
0: Cruiser on scene to a terrible crash here in Surrey. It's westbound on 64th Avenue at 168th Street. Westbound traffic is blocked, but you'll see delays in all directions. With BCAA car insurance, it's easy to renew from anywhere. From ICBC Auto Plan renewals to exclusive savings, visit BCAA.com today. I'm Trish Dewison in Global One, high above a crash in Surrey.
1: Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC in partnership with Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. A sentencing hearing was held today for a 35 year old woman who pleaded guilty to two charges of arson, including one that destroyed a Surrey church. As Amata Gahi reports, victims of both fires were in court for the hearing.
14: Thirty-five-year-old Kathleen Panic, who has already pleaded guilty to two counts of arson resulting in significant damage to property, was not here in person. Instead, she and her defense lawyer appeared by video. According to facts presented inside the courtroom by Crown Prosecutor Mike Fortino on March 15th of last year, Kathleen Panic. While under the influence of drugs and without reason, wandered into the Sunshine Housing Co-op in Surrey's Wally neighborhood. Setting fire to cardboard boxes outside a unit at random. That fire grew quickly and displaced this woman and her son. She attempted to burn our home down. We managed to
12: get uh, both our neighbors out. You lose that security. That's what happens.
14: Then on July 14th, panic is seen on security video lighting decorations on fire and damaging the front door of the St. George Coptic Orthodox Church in Surrey. Five days later, on July 19th, Crown says panic returned to the courtyard of the same church and deliberately set another fire. That time, it would destroy the entirety of this 70-year-old structure.
5: It's created uh, a rift throughout our our congregation that uh, will be felt for a very long time until we have a new building where we can worship.
14: There was no evidence leading to hate motivation behind any of the arsons. And according to Crown, after being arrested and interviewed, Panic admitted to lighting the church fires both times after being upset due to a fight with her boyfriend. Panic's defense lawyer disputes this, saying she was under the influence of meth and heroin crown seeks consecutive sentences of two years per each count of arson a total of four years minus time served meanwhile uh, the defense is arguing that because panic pleaded guilty early on and that she's apologized and expressed remorse in court that sentence should be shorter 18 months to two years. Now, Panic is in police custody and she will have to stay there for at least another month before learning the final sentencing because the judge has said that she needs more time to consider all the evidence. Amadagahi, Global News.
1: Fraudsters duped a Kelowna woman out of thousands of dollars, but tonight she's sharing her story, hoping that by doing so, she'll help save others from losing their hard earned money. Global's Claudia Van Emmerich has more on how the victim was tricked and her best piece of advice for others.
12: I felt so used. I felt humiliated. Despite being embarrassed, Lisa Howell is going public with how she was scammed out of $5,000. I was used, and now I want to be used for good. Howell had an important Zoom meeting, but when she turned her computer on, it was frozen, other than a flashing message. Little did she know at the time, her computer had been hacked. It's just flashing, call Microsoft, do not shut your computer off. So she did, using the phone number provided on the screen, and that's when the ordeal began. The woman on the other line gained her trust by fixing her computer, then telling Howell that while making the repairs, she noticed her bank account had been compromised. And she says, don't worry, I'll get a representative to help you. Another person got on the line and told her there was a $4,500 charge pending for something called Pornhub. I said, I thought that wasn't me. The scammer then told her the only way to stop the charge is to spend an equal amount of money on her credit card. He told her to go buy $5,000 worth of Apple gift cards. While she did so at three different stores, the scammer stayed on the phone with her the entire time. She then scratched the code at the back of each card and gave it to the fraudster. It wasn't until she got home when the scammer told her another Pornhub charge was pending, this time a $6,000 one. She realized It was all a scam. Once she realized she was being scammed, Howell immediately called her bank and then reported the incident here to Kelowna RCMP, who say they are well aware of this type of fraud. We are aware of that particular scam. um, And sadly, we receive reports about a variety of scams. Lobb says the single biggest piece of advice she can give people is not to act hastily.
16: They have that feeling of instant panic. Oh, I need to do what this is telling me to do. Don't
12: act on that. Take some time, do some research. Howell sure wishes she hadn't let her panic drive her actions. She hopes others learn from her mistake. Claudia Van Global News, Kelowna.
1: Just ahead, the Royal BC Museum acquires a masterpiece.
12: What's wonderful about this painting is
1: uh, its quality, its condition, and its history. Why this painting from the 1800s is such a remarkable part of BC's art history. And leading up to the Show of Hearts telethon, an update on Bella, who benefited from your donations. Yeah. This portion of the program is brought to you in part by
0: Townline Line. Home- this episode is brought to you by Shopify. <coughs> Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system. Holmes. Good evening. And big delays here in Surrey for a two-car crash southbound on 152nd Street at 96th Avenue in the right lane. Get best-in-class protection and savings with BCAA Insurance. Learn more at bcaa.com. I'm Trish Uweson in Global One, high above a crash in Surrey.
1: Ukraine's blue and yellow flag was raised on the lawn of the legislature today to show BC's solidarity with the nation hours after Russia launched its attack. A peaceful rally was held outside the legislature this afternoon, and all the members of the legislature stood together condemning Russia's assault. While the actual fighting might be half a world away, economists are warning that the Russian invasion of Ukraine could have a major impact on the lives of Canadians here. Gas prices could jump even higher. Russia is an energy superpower, second only to the U.S. in oil production and producing more oil than Iraq and Canada combined. Food prices already soaring could also increase more as Ukraine is a major wheat exporter, All of that could contribute to even higher inflation, which of course could pressure central banks like the Bank of Canada to raise interest rates faster and sooner than expected to get prices back under control. And that could all work together to slow the economic recovery from the pandemic. Of course, in Russia, Vladimir Putin, not surprisingly, is remaining defiant despite the international outrage and protests
4: within his own country. Protests tonight across Russia. In more than 50 cities, according to an NGO. Vladimir Putin unbowed confidently declaring, Russia remains part of the global economy, reassuring Russian business leaders. His comments made before President Biden's latest sanctions announcement. His early morning television address was unscripted and often ominous, saying his security demands were ignored by NATO and America. Referencing Russia's nuclear capability.
5: And also,
4: Warning, if his enemies interfere, the consequences will be such as you've never seen in your entire history. But we found some of his own people are now frightened. It's a tragedy. Though others supporting the Russian president. The West ignored Russia. Russia has spoken, this man said. Then there's Tatiana and her 11-year-old daughter, Margarita, who live in Moscow. Tonight, Margarita's grandfather is in Ukraine. She's scared about her grandpa to be killed. They haven't seen each other for three years because of COVID. Now their family's torn apart by war. If you could speak to President Putin now, what would you say?: Please stop the war now. We are not uh, We are not enemies.
1: In health matters tonight, with greater access to at home rapid antigen tests, a warning from Health Canada just in case you accidentally ingest or spill the COVID-19 test kit solution on your skin. The agency has issued the warning after hearing about 50 calls to poison control centers related to accidental exposure, which resulted in only minor injuries or ailments. But agency officials say the tests are safe and effective when used properly. However, many kits include liquid solution with chemical preservatives that might be poisonous if swallowed or absorbed through the skin. They advise the test kits and solutions should be kept out of the reach of children and pets, and you should follow the instructions for proper disposal. An update for you now. On a story you might remember about a 9-year-old girl named Bella. She and her grandparents lost everything in the White Rock Lake wildfire. The little girl, who has autism and a rare form of epilepsy, was left without any of her specialized equipment. When Variety heard about Bella, they immediately offered to help. And Sydney Morton shows us how Bella is doing since the gift from generous donors.
12: More kisses? Okay. You're welcome. She's gone through a lot, but she's just a little warrior. I I call her my little warrior princess.
17: Dean and Sandy Brandt lost everything to the White Rock Lake wildfire in August. Their home, pottery studio, garden, cars, and thousands of dollars of specialized equipment for their granddaughter, Bella, who has been diagnosed with autism and also has a rare genetic disorder called SMC1A epilepsy. So in Bella's case, it's um, clonic-tonic, grandmas where she stops breathing, And her seizures can last an hour and 40 minutes, and then bang right into... As soon as that one's out, it's into another and another and another. So um, they have to intervene in the hospital. The couple outfitted their home in Killany Beach to meet their nine-year-old granddaughter's needs. Now they have to start over. They spoke with Global News days after losing their home while staying in a travel trailer. And that's when Variety, the children's charity, reached out to the family giving them a specialized chair and playground tiles.
13: It's been
8: very, very appreciated that they would do something like that. That's been the best thing for her right from, right from when we got it. So it, it is a big, it's one of the biggest teaching elements for her. So that, that has been a gift for us.
12: All done?
17: The specialized chair also helps them teach Bella. She is learning sign language to better communicate. Yes. Right now, clapping is her main way of communicating her wants and needs. The playground tiles, when put in the backyard, will keep her safe. If she hits her head, it could be life-threatening. Just getting these two items has helped us so much, so much. And then some people have helped, and we'll, we'll build it back slowly. It'll take a little while. The family is now in the process of rebuilding their home, back in their neighborhood, and close to the Northwest Side Fire Department where a truck has been named after Bella.
18: So we've definitely built a relationship with her and her family and seeing that the struggle that they've gone through. They hold a very special place in her heart.
12: So it's taken... Six years to teach her to walk.
17: Soon, they will be able to show the firefighters they consider family Bella's progress. Thanks to her dedicated grandparents and Variety, the children's charity, that helps children and their families when they have nowhere else to turn. Sydney Morton, Global News.
1: Donna Weberg from Creston, 500 bucks at the bottom of the screen there. You can help Variety support children like Bella who need immediate assistance call 310KIDS right now. Do it within the news hour, you'll double your money. All right, still ahead, a BC man creating movie magic.
18: Every little wrinkle, every tiny thing is all hand sculpted, so.
1: The visual artist creating some of the most powerful scenes for Disney and how he got his start. And long before computers, the artist who created this masterpiece of Victoria's Inner Harbor and why it's precious enough to go into the Royal BC Museum. Yes, we're getting closer to News Hour Stonehenge when the sun is still up behind Christie during the News Hour. And yeah, had to shovel a little bit this morning, as a lot of people did. <laughs>
3: Or I even saw some people sweeping because it was so light. But yeah, Yeah. one to two centimeters across the region, which was certainly a possibility. um, But a little bit more on the roads, which was a tough call or tough for some people out on the roads this morning. It doesn't take much, does it, to really cause some chaos. Uh, A lot of people, though, out enjoying. Here's a look at some of the photos from today, enjoying the blue sky, but also the snowfall. One from Cultus Lake, Brad Summer, not feeling like summer, that's for sure. This one from the Kitsilano area. This little, this is Napa enjoying the snow. And that's a fun one from Boundary Bay and another gorgeous shot from the Boundary Bay area. And look at these icicles in Delta. All right, so it is going to get cold tonight, minus five without the windshield for Metro Vancouver. We're going to see close to minus teens and through the interior region. So another cold one. Lots of sunshine though on the way for us tomorrow. So enjoy the sunshine because tomorrow really is going to be the last major day of sunshine. And we are going to rebound out of very chilly temperatures overnight and through the morning hours. So six, seven degrees is still below seasonal, but we'll take it because over the weekend, although we'll be back to near seasonal values, that's when the rain returns. Tonight's central windows weather window comes to you from Kitimat. Gorgeous shot of the snow falling and a bald eagle there. Thanks to Kelly for that one.
1: Oh, a beautiful shot as always. Thanks very much for that, Christy. The Royal BC Museum is marking Black History Month by acquiring a rare 19th century painting by a groundbreaking artist. Kylie Stanton has the story behind Entrance to the Harbor and the remarkable painter Grafton Tyler Brown who created it.
8: You should go take a walk in Esquimalt and see if you can sort of find out exactly where this place is.
16: There are some clues. A lighthouse perched on a rock opposite what looks like a pier. And
8: these are the Olympic Mountains in the background.
16: But take it all in and it will take you back in time.
8: There is something magical about really placing yourself exactly where this painting is and um, thinking about that history.
16: This is where Grafton Tyler Brown created the painting, titled Entrance to the Harbour, back in 1883. One of the few works the artist produced during his time in Victoria. His brushstrokes are meticulous and beautiful. And now it's finally come home. It is a representation of our own
8: inner harbor, something that here in Victoria we know so well and can immediately recognize and place ourselves in.
16: The Royal BC Museum is celebrating the acquisition marking Black History Month, fitting as Grafton Tyler Brown is considered the first black professional painter in North America and the first to show his work in a Victoria exhibition.
8: And this is one of the 22 paintings exhibited in 1883.
16: But Brown never stayed anywhere for long. He was born in Pennsylvania, moving to Sacramento, then San Francisco, before making his way to Victoria, shifting his identity along the way. The term
8: we now use for this is called passing. So in San Francisco, he was listed as a black person and a black artist or black lithographer but then when he came to Victoria he was passing for white and then that he moved uh, through the rest of his life as a white person.
16: The museum now has four of Brown's paintings the latest purchased through the Elizabeth Rithit Legacy Fund. It isn't scheduled to be on public display but available to researchers and for loans while helping to support the institution's collection strategy that paints an inclusive portrait of 19th century BC.
8: And what I'm keen to do is sort of expand the history of who those people were, including people like Grafton Tyler Brown, who was such an iconic figure.
16: Kylie Stanton, Global News,
2: Victoria.
1: From an historic painting to a little nostalgia for the Canucks tonight.
2: Historic uniforms. Mm-hmm. They'll be wearing the old 90s black skate jersey, which always looks good. Although Bruce Boudreau doesn't really care what
10: color his team wears. Whatever color we have uh, that we can win with is the color that I want to wear.
2: Well, I guess that makes sense, but if you're winning in these, then you're racking up points in the standing and you're racking up points for style.
10: No
1: doubt. And, a little later, we'll meet the BC artist with a knack for stealing scenes, why he has a reputation for wrinkles. Squires back with sports and more on the Canucks versus the former Canucks tonight.
2: Yes, there are a lot of former Canucks on the Flames. You are correct about that. And tonight is the night Vancouver gets a chance to pop Calgary's bubble. They've won 10 straight. 11 would be a new Flames team record. Now, the Flames are good this year for a lot of reasons. Goaltending has been brilliant for them. They are also good defensively. They are scoring a lot of goals. Johnny Gaudreau is playing great again. It's a roster that seems to fit with Daryl Sutter's brand of coaching. And the other thing is the Flames have been incredibly healthy this year. They did have a COVID outbreak on the team in December, but even Chris Tanev hasn't gotten hurt this year. Uh, Barry DeLay is down at Rogers Arena. He has more to say about this contest.
11: The Canucks are well aware they are playing the hottest team in the league. The Flames riding a 10-game win streak, but it goes deeper than that. They've won 12 of their past 13, and in those 12 wins, Calgary's given up just 17 goals. They do own the best goals against in the entire NHL. So the key for Bruce Boudreaux and the Canucks is to somehow penetrate that suffocating
10: Flames defense. Obviously, we know what kind of defensive team these guys are, and uh, and I think they've Probably allowed the least amount of goals in the NHL. And um, you know, for us, I think he's playing kind of uh, a similar match to them, um, playing well defensively, trying to crack them instead of them cracking us. On a counter attack, Shillington made sure he got in onside. Johnny Gudruns, he's in it, up and he scores.
11: The first meeting in Calgary a couple of months ago was a one nothing Flames overtime win, but the key stat for the Canucks was just 15 shots on goal, their lowest of the season. Yes, they were forced to kill a lot of penalties early in that game, but Bruce Boudreaux wants to see his team attack the Flames tonight.
10: We've got to go after them as well. I mean, we can't just sit there just because they've got a real high-scoring team and everything just defend. You have to play to score, and... Uh, uh, that's the one thing we didn't do last game. We played to just, you know, hopefully they. We played not to lose more more than anything else, and and uh, if we want to have success, we got to play a little differently. You know, we're going to need everybody to be going tonight in order to beat this team, and um, you know, it's it's going to be a, a big night, a fun night, and. It's a big, uh, big game for us, for sure.
11: The Canucks will be going uh, retro tonight, wearing their skate jerseys, the black ones that they wore 30 years ago back in their Stanley Cup final run in 1994. The last time they wore the black jerseys was a couple of years ago against Nashville, and they won 6-2. to two. So will that be the key to break the Flames' 10-game win streak tonight? At Rogers Arena, Barry DeLay, Global Sports.
2: The Abbotsford Canucks got some good news for the first time this season. They can sell all the seats in their building for a pair of games uh, this week. Games tomorrow and Sunday against Stockton. Stockton make that can be 100% capacity. Until now, they only were able to sell 50% of their seats. Tomorrow's game, 7 o'clock. Sunday, 4 o'clock, of course, at the Abbotsford Center. The Whitecaps could be missing White when they open up the season Saturday afternoon in Columbus. Brian White is hobbling with a sore foot. And he's questionable for the opener, which is tough on the white cap since he's coming off a hat trick in their final exhibition game.
6: Well, Brian uh, White uh, didn't train today, didn't train yesterday because he got a little stepped on. And uh, so he's traveling. He will try tomorrow and we'll see if he's going to be able to participate in the game.
2: Russia's invasion of Ukraine has made the people who run the Champions League soccer tournament think seriously about moving this year's final on May 28th from St. Petersburg, Russia, to a different location. A meeting will be held early tomorrow morning to decide the fate of the championship game, but it's more than likely it will now be moved to another country. Well, for 18 years, the big four of Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, Andy Murray, and Novak Djokovic were the only players who held the men's number one ranking in tennis in the world. No one else could break through, but now somebody has. Russia's Daniel Medvedev will be number one after Djokovic lost his match this morning at a tournament in Dubai. Magical from Novak Djokovic. Yuri Veseli is the man who knocked Djokovic off the number one spot. This is a nice rally. Oh, yes! Veseli won the first set. He would win this in straight sets. Another great point here.
14: No mistake this time.
2: And match point coming up. So Djokovic no longer numero uno. Yuri Vesely takes, out Novak Djokovic. Yuri Vesely takes him out. And he will take on Denis Shapovalov in this tournament. Shapovalov facing uh, Ricardos Barankas of Lithuania. He out-aced his opponent 14 love. Shapovalov did. That's one of them. Won the first set, 7-6. Wins it in straight sets. It'll be him and Vesely in Dubai in the uh, next round. There you go. I confused myself there. I had so many papers.
1: Oh, well. See? And if people could only see the writing in the prompter, it's... Well... It's different. It's different. different. I always
2: hit the the letter next to the one I want. So it's a whole different way of spelling. I'm sorry, Um, i got to go. Marsha's yelling at me. No, you go
1: ahead. Next, the BC artist breathing life into movie dragons and how it all started with a doodle. Next. Well, if you've watched any Disney movies recently, you've likely seen the work of visual artist Curtis Dawes. Doodling got him into trouble at school. But as Jay Durant shows us in This Is BC, Dawes has turned his passion into a lucrative career in the film business
7: complex tools to create some incredible detail. This is the evolution of artist Curtis Daw, who's been drawing his entire life and had a hard time refraining from doodling in the classroom as a kid.
18: Yeah, constantly. uh, Didn't do too well in school. (laughs) Teachers were always grabbing my paper off my desk and uh, crumpling it up.
7: His mom kept some of his early art. Years later, while working for a visual effects studio, he would get his big break in the movie industry. He was the main character designer for Pumbaa in the remake of The Lion King, and part of the team that created the live-action Dumbo. In the industry, Da is known as the Wrinkle Guy, because as he says, he has a good understanding of gravity's impact on skin.
18: If you have like an eye bag here, like a, think, think of like an elephant right there, you got big, you know, big wrinkles. So like, how's that wrinkle gonna like sit over the one underneath it, and how do you make that look good with the one underneath it?
7: Da has branched out beyond the cute characters. He's also pretty good with scales. He helped bring Ghidorah to life in the Godzilla series, which took a lot more work when they were already well into production.
18: We got a weird note one day and they're like, "Nope, scrap it. And I'm like, what? And it happens. It's happened to me before too. Yeah, scrap it. We're starting from basically scratch.
7: It can take several months to complete just one of his characters. That's a lot of hours working solely on
18: creases and crinkles. I find it very meditative for me. Uh, sometimes I'll start snoring at my desk, I'm just like sitting there, like.
7: But there isn't much downtime for the Wrinkle Man. His precision has left him with plenty of job options these. So his pep talk for all the young artists out there: Never stop drawing.
18: Having someone crush your passion is very tough because I've people have tried with me. I luckily had a mom that was just like supportive, just fully throughout everything, which is just like so awesome you know so cool jay durant global news
1: in awe of mr daw well done and if you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to bc just email your ideas to jay at this is at globalnews.ca wow our first day of show of hearts is wrapping up but we want to check and see how our kid count is doing we do this every year Variety's average grant is $2,500, so each time that amount is raised, we add a kid to our kid count board. And as of right now, our viewers have helped 155 children with over $380,000 in donations. Thanks to Townline Homes for matching donations during the news hour tonight. And we've still got a few minutes to take advantage of their offer, so call right now, 310 Kids if you can. And we'll do it again tomorrow and through the weekend, raising as much money as we can to help kids have a better tomorrow. Thanks very much for watching tonight and have a great night, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.